Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. everybody welcome back to the schmo zone podcast this is episode number 66 today's episode is brought to you by fusion cbd products i love sipping on their fusion cbd sports water it's like 110 degrees out in vegas uh this is going to refresh refuel can't wait to be sipping on this throughout the podcast they have their cbd gummies they have their tincture they have their instant freeze all of your cbd needs check them out at fusioncbdproducts.com and use the promo code schmo to get 20 percent off now i'm dave schmolenson aka the schmo my co-host is helen e with helen e sports and today's guest is an OG in the fight game. He's the former Strikeforce middleweight champion. He's beaten a lot of legends in the MMA game. He's the one and only Jake Shields. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How are you? We just saw you in Phoenix over the weekend, or actually Glendale yeah. for UFC 263. What did you think of that card? Um, yeah, first off, yeah, it was, a, it was a great weekend, long weekend, a fun place, way too much partying, so I'm recovering. But uh, the card was great. I mean, having the fans back, it's just the energy in there was, was unreal. Uh, good fights. Obviously, my good friend Nate Diaz, the crowd went nuts. You know, he's turned into a real, uh, you know, megastar, probably the, you know, the one of the biggest, if not the biggest superstar in the sport right now. So it's crazy seeing, uh, seeing him escalate like that. He had the loudest cheers from the crowd. By I'm, far, yeah. I mean, Brandon Moreno probably right up there yeah. with him, but... Nate Diaz, that was he was the crowd favorite all week. Yeah, I mean from the from the press conference, the weigh ins, it was just it was crazy seeing the crowd just go completely nuts for him. And like I said he's been my friend since like sixteen, so watch so watch him just blow up to be that famous. A little strange, but it's pretty cool. And even afterwards, I shot the video of him walking up to you and shaking your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, we're like, you know, I've known him since he's like 16. He's been my training partner from the beginning, like a little brother to me. So it's, uh, fortunately, he lost a close fight, but still, I don't think it really hurt his stock. It was such a good fight, and he almost pulled it out at the end, so. What do you say to you in those moments? Uh, I mean, he just said what's up on the way out. You know, I talked to him after the fight. He's, you know, obviously bummed he's losing, but I don't think he's that bummed. He's, you know, still, still making money. He had a really close fight with the number one contender at the weight above him. Because not you know he moved moved up a weight to fight the top guy and still had a close fight almost knocked him out of the end. Yeah, I was joking with you about that before. If only there were seven rounds, or if you go you know pride rules, you got one round unlimited time Yo. until someone stops. Yeah, I mean Nate Nate would flourish in that because he just you know he doesn't get finished and he always goes for the finish. And unfortunately, the time the time ran out you know a little bit short. Yeah, but it was super exciting and so many people. Well, even him afterwards, he was saying that he wants to return within three to four months who's someone you would like to see him fight next um if 
I was matchmaking, I'd probably have him fight the loser of Connor versus Poirier. That would be a another mega fight. I mean, obviously, if Connor loses the the trilogy, that that makes sense. But if Poirier lost, I think that would be a great fight as well. I think he's in a position where he could just fight whoever he wants to fight. Yeah. Yeah, I know pretty much his his star power. You know, that's kind of how Connor has been. He can fight whoever he wants. But I think Nate's at that level now too, where he can always pick his fights. I mean, people are going to tune in when he fights, so it's uh kind of it's, it's almost up to him when and who he fights. But do you think his performance, especially at the end, you know, he definitely put Leon Edwards yeah. on skates at the end of that fight. Do you think it hurt Leon Edwards' stock as being that number one contender to fight Usman next for the welterweight strap? Oh, definitely not. What is he riding, like a 10-fight win streak? He's beat, he beat top guys, and I think, you know, he fought. I mean, he, he beat Nate. Nate's a top guy, and he beat him. It was, it was a close fight, but, I mean, he stayed... Uh, he doesn't really break. He doesn't break form. He's really, uh, really disciplined. You know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's a hard guy to fight. I think him uh, news would be a great fight. I think he's he should definitely be in line next. It's funny though because yeah. Dana is adamant that Colby Covington's next. Yeah, I mean, because Kobe did have a great fight with Usman. I don't know if that fight signed or not. If it was up to me, I think uh, I think Leon kind of deserves it. But I, I can see an argument for Kobe too because he's you know he was on a great streak. They had a they had a really good first fight. But at this point, with Leon going ten fight win streak, I think he should be next in line. Well, did Dana mention, well, I think someone asked him if he should fight Jorge because the three-piece Minnesota thing. Oh, that's definitely a fight right? that's got to be made at some point because of the history with Leon and Jorge. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that fight makes sense, too. It's a good fight for, uh, you know, good like Edwards. He should get paid for it because it's a big money fight. So I think they, it makes sense from that perspective. They have bad blood. It's, uh, you know, it's huge hype. So I think they can do that as well. But I think, in my opinion, he's a title shot. And then if uh, you got a big fight, too, on that Connor card with Wonderboy and Gilbert Burns, I'm sure yeah. the winner of that fight, too, is going to make a case that they're next in line as well. Yeah, I mean, the 170-pound division is one of the toughest divisions. 55s and 70s are always a stack. So many guys at that weight. So it's always just deep there. So there's a lot of guys uh, you can make a case, especially Wonderboy. He hasn't, hasn't fought him yet. So, I mean, Burns Burns is great. It was, it was a great fight, but in my opinion, he's got to win a couple just because he lost, even though he won that first round, but then he got knocked out. So it's hard to give you a rematch after getting knocked out in the second, in my opinion. you got to win at least two if I was the matchmaker, if not three. That's true. And I guess from all the names we just said, Leon's the one who actually hasn't had the opportunity to fight for that belt. You know, Wonderboy's mm -hmm. had an opportunity to fight for the belt. Gilbert, Colby Covington, Leon is the one guy who hasn't, even though he's fought Usman, but that was 2015. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's like, what, six years ago? It's too long of a... I think he's definitely earned it, so... But, I mean, but the other one makes sense. Like I said, Masvidal, that'd be a big money fight for him. He, need, he needs a big fight at this point. We just had a big fight, but he certainly deserves another one. So it's got to be Masvidal or Usman. Well, the uh, the one thing, though, that wasn't hasn't been talked about, too, it's... Uh, remember the, the fight between Bilal Muhammad at resulting in the eye pokes, obviously, recently, March 13th, against Leon Edwards? Yeah. If Dana does give Colby Covington the title shot, what about having the rematch for Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad? And Bilal Muhammad, you know, just beat a guy who you beat, yeah. legend Maya, in the game, yeah. his last fight, Damian Maya. Yeah, I mean, that's the other guys right there, I guess. I actually didn't watch the Leon Muhammad fight, so I didn't see that one, see what happened, so I missed that, unfortunately. But yeah, he's obviously uh, a guy close in line as well. And if it is Colby versus Usman, their rematch, how do you see that one playing out, if that is next? Uh, man, it's, it's a good fight. I mean, Edwards... Edwards look you know majorly improved, hard to take down, but Usman's got great takedowns, so it makes it tough. You can put him on his back. It's a tough fight for Edwards stylistically. I mean, it's hard to pick, but if I was forced to pick, I might would say Usman. If Vittori would have beat Adesanya, mm -hmm. I think I think I scored Adesanya with all winning all five rounds against Vittori. How did you see uh, that fight going out? I, mean, I wasn't really watching try and score. I was casually watching. I think. Uh, 
I think Vittori definitely lost. He may have, you know, there was like one or two rounds that were close, but, I mean, yeah, he was definitely the loser. I do think he fought well, though. A lot of pressure, had some cake downs. But Izzy did a great job of getting back to his feet. When he took down, like, oh, he might be in trouble, but he was able to get back to his feet or get reverses. He, he just stayed slightly ahead of him on the feet. I mean, Vittori was kept, he was pushing forwards, pushing forwards, attacking, attacking, but just uh, Izzy kept just slightly outstriking him. It's kind of very similar to the first fight. Yeah, I think it was definitely the toughest title defense to date that he's had. I mean, the toughest fight he had prior to to date, I thought, was the um, uh, Calvin Gaston fight. Yeah. yeah, no, it was a tough fight. Like I said, like, Vittori is uh, not an easy guy to beat. He's constantly attacking pressure. He seems to not get hurt and just keeps walking forwards. But Izzy was just slightly staying one step ahead of him. I feel like, though, if Vittori would have beat uh, uh, Izzy, uh-huh. then you would have seen Usman go up and challenge for the 185 belt against Vittori. Yeah, I mean, that that would be a great fight as well. But that's, uh, yeah, I guess he's a guy that could go, go up as well. That could be a super fight. I'm not sure if he wants to fight Izzy, but that would be a good fight. I think they're too close to friends. They got the Nigerian blood, like the three yeah. Nigerian kings. Yeah, but, with with, but money talks too. I don't know if they're that good of friends for the payday. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And then, so now it's what, Izzy and Rob too? Izzy and Rob too. Yeah, probably that the official fight or just the one most likely looks like, yeah. I think, you know, mm-hmm. Dana even confirmed that Rob's next, and I think they've been already bantering on Twitter. They both know. Mm-hmm. Izzy knows he's next. Robert knows he's next. I think the only thing left to do is sign on the dotted line. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a fight I want to see. First one was quick, but I think, it, uh, yeah, I mean, Whitaker's a great fighter, so. Well, do you think he's improved enough from their first fight to beat him this time around? I mean, he's probably improved a little bit. But I think maybe he just might have had a bad fight as well. You can't necessarily, you know, he might have just got caught out there. So maybe not huge improvements, but I think he might have a better night. But again, if I would, I would probably pick Izzy. You know, he dominated him the first time, so he's got to be the favorite going in. So let's backtrack a little bit to fight week. Mm-hmm. Were you with Nick and Nate, I guess, all week? That yeah, I was hanging out with them pretty much the whole week out there. I think he came out, well, Tuesday. They came out earlier, but I was out there Tuesday hanging out with them and working out and, uh, you know, going out a little bit as well. Did you stay at the mansion in Paradise Valley? No, I got a hotel. It was uh, they had a great place out there. I was I was there a lot of the time, but it was too many people there. I needed like it was too cramped. <laughs> I didn't want. I wanted. Uh, I needed my own space to get back to. Well, then what was the after party like? Because he invited True. everybody back. <laughs> yeah, after after party was crazy. Well, it ended up not. Uh, I think the cops came and broke it up, but they still let a lot of us come there. <laughs> it got a little too out of control. So the cops made like some of the people leave, but they let a lot of people stay. And the kind of uh, cops were actually really cool. They kind of stayed there all night to make sure they didn't get too out of control, but they weren't like. Uh, they were letting us party as long as it didn't get too nuts. Oh, I was going to say, were the cops cool? Like, they had a beer or two? The cops were really cool, <laughs> yeah. They were not drinking with us, but they kind of just blocked the street off to make sure it, uh, they stayed down there all night to make sure it didn't get too crazy, but they let yeah. us stay up there and party. I'm sure a lot of them were Nate Diaz fans, too. Yeah, they were very friendly, so. It's funny, before I was the schmo, I watched the first fight with mm-hmm. Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor in Old Town Scottsdale, and then probably a few months later, I saw Nate Diaz, and this was before I was covering mm-hmm. MMA, in Old Town Scottsdale, nicest guy ever, yeah. bought everybody rounds of uh, tequila, and I probably nice. had two or three <laughs> shots of tequila on Nate Diaz. That's awesome, yeah. No, people are always surprised. Uh, I know Nick and Nate have like a bad rep as the bad boys MMA, but they're like the nicest guys when you meet them. As long as you're not disrespecting them, they're going to be super friendly, and they like to go out and have a good time and treat, treat everyone with respect. I tell Helen this all the time because I've done triathlons. Mm-hmm. I'm not as active in the triathlon community as those guys yeah. are. I've, I've gone up to half iron man distance, mm-hmm. but I haven't met really anyone in that community that's a bad person. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really do any of the triathlons, so I don't know that industry, but I know uh, they're super into it. I think Nick more so. He's even done the Ironmans and stuff. 
remember one of his fights he did like an like iron man like a month before a fight i'm like you're crazy that's like a lot of work he's done the half iron man mm -hmm. in trying to do your iron I'm, man right the goal was always a half before 30 and mm -hmm. a full before 40. i made that for that and mm -hmm. i still have about nine years to go in this nine year window to do a full iron yeah like that i'm good on that i'll pass i'll pass an <laughs> iron man yeah like that's a little too extreme for too me, much but, running mm -hmm. and biking yeah i don't know if nate's an iron man but i know nick has for sure i'm like man you're crazy but I, th I think there, and a lot of fighters, on, obviously Paul Felder just did his first half Ironman, but a lot of fighters, and I feel like the Diaz brothers kind of set the set a popular trend for it, are really getting into swimming, biking, and running as part of their cardio regimen. Yeah, it's just a great way to build conditioning. You can't beat it. I mean, all, all those are great ways. I mean, the old, all the old school boxers used to run, and you can't beat it. A lot of MMA guys have pulled away from running and don't want to do it, but I think, uh, I think it's, uh, you should run. And I never swim a lot, but that's also a great way to build conditioning. Helen's all about the swimming, so. Uh, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not against swimming, I'm just not very good at it, so I get in there and kind of flop around, so I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna run instead. Of course, as long as you Nick get Nick was him. always trying to get me to go swimming with him, but I was just so slow, I'm like, oh, he's smoking me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go run, this yeah. is embarrassing. I've, I've seen, he's a fast swimmer. Yeah, I can't keep up with those guys, so I'm like, I think because I was bad at it, I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna run. <laughs> and Nick looks like he's in great shape yeah. right now, too. Yeah, he's training again. It's good, you know, because for a while he wasn't training that much, taking time off. So he's dedicated out there, you know, sparring, doing jujitsu, running a lot. You know, I know he wants to fight. It's a matter of uh, Dana to make the fight now. I saw him training too recently with Tyson Fury in Miami, the Gypsy King, getting some boxing with him. I'm sure that's yeah, such I mean, valuable experience. Yeah, that's great. You know, training with a world champion. The guy's a lot bigger, obviously. They probably weren't sparring, but just in there messing around, he probably picked up some good tips. Well, do you foresee him coming back in 2021? Uh, I think so. He's training. I think he's ready to probably by yeah. the end of the year, as long as Dana offers him a good fight. I mean, I'm not sure who would offer him. I think Masvidal would make sense. That's a that'd be a huge, a tough fight, but a huge money fight. They got to, you know, they could build it up. They're both, uh, they both come up that that thug lifestyle. They could build it, you know, the the bad motherfucker belt or something. You got to put that on the line. You got to put mean, that exactly, on the line because Nick was kind of the original bad motherfucker in the sport. So that that fight would just make sense in my opinion. One seventy. Yeah, one seventy. I think that's a great fight to make. That is. That makes yeah. a lot and, of sense. And even the storyline makes sense. Mm -hmm. He's popular enough for it. Both, both, both big, huge names, and there is the perfect storyline for that. Yeah, that'd be the mega fight, in my opinion. I mean, if I haven't fought Nate as well, it's just they could build build the story up and sell that fight huge. Yeah, and then if you're Nate, and if Connor loses this fight, I think, you know, to go yeah, back and that's, that's, that's a trilogy. Yeah, if Connor loses, that's a no-brainer. And you have to do that, too, because that's part of the reason, like, Dustin knew he chose the Connor Trilogy over a title fight because he knew that this opportunity might not come again if he didn't take it now. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it's a, more, that's a bigger money fight, not for the title, but that was his opinion. I mean, my opinion that he definitely did the correct thing. People are like, oh, he's stupid turning on the finals. Would you rather have the title or would make three times as much money? I mean, I'm definitely going to go three times as much money than a title. And I think, too, because Connor's like that one fighter that Dana's been having these pay-per-view cards with as a main event without a belt on the line, mm -hmm. I feel like a Diaz brother is worthy of that, too. Oh, yeah, especially yeah. if it's like Nick versus Masvidal or something. That was definitely a main event yeah. fight. And here yeah. we are. Planting the seeds. Planting the <laughs> seeds. That's, you know, that's what's important. Yeah, and they can get paid because, I mean, Nick wants to get paid, and that's a fight where you can get paid with. Well, do you know if his manager, Kevin, has talked to Dana about it, Masvidal? Uh, I know he's talking to Dana about fights. I don't know about particular opponents, to be honest. I mean, okay. I talked to Nick about wanting to fight again and talking about who he wants. Yeah. So. But it, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, I was the asshole at UFC 261, the post-fight press conference, that threw in Hamzat Shemaev's name for... Yeah, I mean, that guy's a good up-and-comer, but it just makes no sense. I mean, the guy, I mean, he's he's beating some good guys. I mean, he's beating good guys, but no one has any name yet. So to put Nick against an up-and-comer would make no no uh, sense, in my opinion. 
I've uh, I've kind of sided towards against that, and yeah. I, I when you said Masvidal, and because yeah. we might have joked about not joked, but like talked about in passing, but with the way the cards are aligning, the way these fights have played out, especially after Saturday night. That is, to me, the fight to make. Yeah, Nick's got to fight a megastar that's been in the sport for a while, not like a new up-and-comer. You know, Nick's been in the sport for 20 years. It makes sense to him to fight someone who's been around, well-established, another guy that's a, someone like a Masvidal. Yeah, he's earned that, too. Yeah, exactly. And that would be great for both of them. They both get paid, both get a super fight, and, uh, you know, both uh, a main event on pay-per-view. BMF title on the line. Yep, <laughs> that's the move. Uh, right before we went to Phoenix, we spent time in Miami. We saw the circus show. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, our audience knew we were going there. As Logan Paul, yeah. Floyd Mayweather. Not sure if you watched that fight, but uh, yeah. were you any surprises? Uh, not really. You know, I kind of, I kind of similar to how I went. I knew uh, Logan Paul is not a bad boxer. He's he's not like world champion level, but he's a good boxer. And Mayweather's super defensive. He doesn't go out there for the knockouts, and he's given up like forty pounds. He's forty four. He completely dominated and controlled the fight. I mean, he probably could have. If he would have hunted for a knockout, he could have got it, but it's not really the way he fights. He goes out there and just picks people apart, and that's kind of what happened. Well, what do you think of the Paw brothers and kind of what they're doing in boxing? Uh, I think they're decent boxers. They're not like elite world championship boxers, but, you know, they take it serious at least. They do train every day. They, they take it serious. So, I mean, they were already famous, and they're taking the sport serious. I mean, I can't blame them for out trying to make money. At least they're not out there, you know, not training at all and just jumping out there. Well, Jake Paul's about to fight someone you fought, Tyron yeah. Woodley. And someone you beat before he's the championship run, but when he had like barely any blemishes on his record at that point, too. He was yeah. an absolute killer. Not the same Tyron we've seen the past couple of years. You beat him in his heyday. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's a great fighter. You know, major, major power. The one thing, though, the major, major power punchers won't uh, transform quite as well as boxing. Because he throws, he throws a lot of single-shot knockout punches, boxing the gloves, pad that a little bit. He doesn't put huge combinations together, so I don't think his, bo- I don't think his box will be quite as good as MMA, but I still think he'll be a better boxer than Jake Paul. And you trained with him before his last fight here in the UFC, yeah. so you know, most, you know better than most. Uh, does he win this fight, and why? I mean, I think he'll win, but you can't count Paul out. I mean, he is... Uh, He's still a great fighter. He's slightly past his prime a little bit, but Paul's a good boxer. He's, I mean, hope he takes it serious and, take, and trains hard for it. If he looks, if he takes it lightly and just you know doesn't train, not doing TMZ and messing around, he could lose. If he trains his ass off and takes it serious and has like pro coaches and trained every day and doing the road work, he wins. He needs to make sure he's in great shape because you know uh, this is by far the biggest moment for Jake Paul. He's training really, really hard. Like this is his world title shot in his mind. And, you know, so hopefully Woodley's looking at it like, hey, I need to knock this guy out. Hopefully he's not looking at it as a payday and going out there and doesn't really care because if he does that, he could end up losing. Well, didn't Floyd Mayweather also offer to train Tyron? I think he accepted that. I think Tyron's oh, going to come back okay. here in Vegas where you now yeah. fully live here and you're, yeah. you're tra- training. Uh, you're, you have classes over at Extreme Couture that you're hosting. Yeah, been out here you know, for uh, about seven months now, living out in Vegas, training. and uh, But I think it would be great if Woodley comes out here. If he comes out here, boxes every day, does the road work, is in great shape, I think he'll dominate Paul. So as long as he takes this like a world tramp championship fight, he should win. And you just mentioned, so you moved out here seven months ago. Yeah. What made you decide to move here? Uh, the main thing is California. I was in San Francisco. The COVID lockdowns were just insane oh, out there. Yeah. Gyms couldn't be open. We weren't allowed to. We weren't allowed to eat outdoors at a restaurant. You couldn't even like get. You had to get takeaway food. You weren't allowed to like do anything. It was just completely insane. So San Francisco was just covered in homeless people and criminals, and so I got the hell out of there. 
can't blame you. Yeah, they, they, the, the mayor and the governor just ran that city and state under the ground. Hopefully it'll bounce back after, but I think it'll take a little bit. I think we went to Seattle and March was our first time. And mm-hmm. I, what I noticed about San Francisco too, I always felt like if there's the one city to start, like a, if there's a revolution that ends up happening in this country, like I feel like the disparity between rich and poor and, and that area is, is a killer, but there were more people, like bums on the streets than actual civilians when we're in Seattle. Yeah, that's mostly what San Francisco is now. And people, it's like, it's not the regular homeless, not people down to luck. Like people, the, the people that are drug addicts go to San Francisco because they know they can like shoot crack on the street, like shoot or shoot heroin, smoke crack. They can knock out windows and rob. The cops won't arrest them. They won't arrest you for under a thousand dollars property. So you can literally just rat, steal someone's purse, run off. And the cops be like, oh, sorry, can't do anything. And if they arrest them, the the, uh, the DA will just let them out. So the city is completely falling apart. And the grocery stores too. Like you, yep, they can walk in and steal, and they can't be arrested for it. That's they crazy. walk up, they take bags, they just load it up and walk out. Like I think like 17 CBSs is closed this year because they're just getting robbed, and the cops won't arrest you. The DA won't press charges. It's uh, if you want to see what not to do in a city, it's look at San Francisco. Complete incompetence. Wow. I mean, it's sad because my parents always talk about their Chinatown, and I think the last time I went, it was probably over 10 years ago, but it was with my parents to go to Chinatown. Yeah. Well, yeah, speak of that, too. I'm sure you've seen all, like, the Asian attacks in San Francisco. They're all in San Francisco mm-hmm. New York. And the reason that's happening is because they're letting all these criminals out of jail, and they're getting emboldened because they're not being arrested for anything. So they're going around. Uh, it's not just Asians are attacking. Those are the ones the news is picking up because they're getting away with whatever. And they're just, you know, they're punching people, and nothing's happening to them. The DA won't put anyone in jail. It's insane. That is not the model to follow. No, so, whatever you, so do whatever San Francisco does. Do the opposite. So now come to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's be- better here at the moment. So Just hot. It is, but the housing market is... Uh, crazy yeah i mean started looking think about buying something here and it's nuts things are moving yeah, so quick prices too. are shooting up and then we were talking to people in arizona last week it's probably even worse there than it is here and it's bad mm-hmm. here that's what i heard in arizona think things are just flying because everyone's leaving california thank governor newsom yeah. <laughs> he's driving the price, prices up everywhere else yeah it's i mean plus in this day and age where everybody can work from home like why are you going to want to live mm-hmm. in a cold weather city when you can work from home and be somewhere else like yeah, in this state, there's no uh, income tax. Yeah, that's thing. that's a big uh, big saver as well. Everything's open up too. Um, what have you been to the Apex at all during this COVID era to watch any of these fights? Uh, no, I haven't been to any of the fights. I've been there to train a few times with some fighters, but haven't uh, haven't stopped by for any of the fight shit. It's interesting because they are going to maintain, I think, for the time being, having all these fight nights with no crowd at least for the end of 2021, and do the pay per views at different cities. Um, you know. Some of these fighters, we ran into Dan Ige, Stream Couture, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, he kind of joked about it today with us when we interviewed him, is there going to be some sort of kind of a letdown of having the electricity and being at the, the Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona, and then going to the Apex with zero crowd? Yeah, I know the crowd was definitely uh, great having the crowd back, so I think it's better having the crowd, but I think uh, it's probably easy for the UFC, you know, they don't have to travel, they can stay here, they probably save a lot of money with the productions, but it would be nice if they could maybe like, I'm not sure how big the Apex is, but maybe they could bring some fans in there, it would be nice. They have before. Um, I know we've seen contender series there. I think they can fit about like 300 guests in there. Yeah, so that would add to it. I think really you need probably like like 2,000 to really add the energy though. 300 is good, but still probably not quite enough to get that energy. 2,000 was like towards the end of the Fight Islands, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was about 2,000? Yeah. yeah, I think that's okay. kind of like the minimum to really add that energy. Maybe not though. Maybe it was a really enthusiastic crowd of like 300 could add that energy. So I have to ask you, because uh, Francis Ngannou, I know he was at the fights as well. He's back. I know he's in Africa. Mm-hmm. Was he in the gym today? I did not see him. I've not seen him since he left, so I don't know when he got back. But uh, that's great that he's back. I saw some videos. Look like he was a superstar over there. So. Oh, yeah. Now Kamaru is over there now, too. Yeah, man. That's crazy how uh, 
how three uh, three champs from Africa. I'm sure they're blowing it up in that country. I guess uh, might be difficult, but the UFC has to do a show over there at some point. Yeah, have to. And Definitely. Just when the full world is back to normal. Yeah. So it's it's finally getting back to normal here in the U.S., but I guess a lot of places aren't. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and with uh, Francis Ngannou, though, I, I've asked Dana this a few different times, but um, he wants to fight John Jones next, and I think the world wants to see that's, that. That's certainly what I want. I mean, I mean, Dana should just cop up the money and pay him. It's ridiculous, you know. John Jones deserves the money. Francis deserves to get paid. If uh, Mayweather can make a hundred million and, and Jake Paul can make twenty million, they should be able to make fifteen million a piece and get that fight together. And what the fans want to see. Well, I'm just surprised that you know we're. N- we're not leaving the table open for that to be the next fight. You know, I know Richard Schaefer comes from the boxing world. You come in there, you know, negotiate. You know, not everyone's going to win, but everybody comes away accepting what what's going to happen. But, um, you know, he says Derek Lewis is next. Uh, do you think that that gets in the way? Does does John Jones lose any leverage in that type of situation? I mean, maybe a little, but I think all the fans want to see John Jones. I think uh, that's what Francis wants. It's just the fight to make. I mean, I guess they can give him. Uh, Derek Lewis, which I mean that's a cool fight too, but John Jones is the fight you got to do. The guy deserves it. He's been champ for I don't know how long. I've been champ forever. Pretty much never lost. He has that one, you know, disqualification, but he was dominating the guy. He lost by knocking the guy out, so it's not really a loss. The guy is, you know, pretty much undefeated, one of the greatest champs of all time. To not give him a title fight is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think I saw a tweet that Francis said, "Is John not planning on returning till next year?" Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know exactly what's going on in John's mind, but I think he just yeah. wants money as far as I know. I think he's ready to fight whenever I could be wrong, but I think it's just a matter of uh, wanting to get paid. And that's what these Paul brothers are kind of planting the seeds for. You know, they're getting all the MMA mm-hmm. people talking about them. They're getting the fighters talking about fighting them. And then he brings up the biggest sensitive subject yep. there is, fighter pay. Yeah, I mean, it's been going on too long. I think it's time the fighters bring this up and fight back a little bit. I mean, throughout most of my career, the fighter pay was always going up. So I was like, okay, you kept seeing it go up and go up. I think the last seven years, it hasn't gone up at all. It stayed, like, stagnant since I was fighting. These guys are making, I think, uh, pretty sure it's about 10 to 15% of the revenue. And the UFC is keeping, like, 90 to 85%. And, like, basketball, football split at 50-50. So, I mean, even if they went jumped up to 30%, they could double every fighter's contract. So I think it's time the UFC, hopefully they'll do it on their own. If not, the fighters might have to form some kind of union and go on strike. It has to be some sort of union. They're all independent contractors. Mm-hmm. There's nothing they can do unless they're unified. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough in fighting because it is hard to know who's worth what. It's not necessarily like basketball or football, so it's not an easy sport to come up with a union, but it's uh, it's getting to the point where the fighters deserve more than uh, 10 to 15%. What's really weird, too, a lot of the fans, the guys last for more, and you'll see all the fans being like, you don't deserve that, you don't deserve that. It's like well, these guys think the, the Dana and the suits at Disney deserve 90% of the money. It's kind of ridiculous. The fighters deserve at least 30 50%. I think Dana deserves to be rich as well, but I think, uh, you know, they need to share a little more of the pie. What do you make of the frequency of fights that are happening now? Because there seems to be a fight pretty much every single weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's good and bad. Overall, it's great. You know, there's so many fighters. You get to fight all the time. Sometimes it loses a little excitement. I remember back in the old days, it was like a fight every two months. So you'd be so excited when they came on. But it's uh, it's great. You know, keeping guys fighting. There's so many fans, and it's, uh, you know, a lot of guys out there. Now, you made your pro MMA debut back in 1999, so you've seen so much in this sport. What have you noticed is something that needs to get done that maybe, for example, like judges um, or something that can help improve this sport and grow even more? I mean, yeah, the judging's always been a problem, but it's hard to know because there's not really exact criteria. It's kind of up to the judge. They don't tell you like what the scoring's based off of, so it gets tricky. Some judges are looking at striking, some are looking at grappling, so no one really knows. People have talked about the open scoring, which, I mean, I'm not really sure. I think we, I think it would, it would be great to see some show try the open scoring, see how it goes. 
but there's some downsides to that too if you know the scores there might be the guy just run the last round so i would love to see a smaller promotion try that out and see if that works out well the weight cutting is another issue but again it's, it's hard to solve because guys are you know one fc is doing the 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 hydration test but apparently there's guys finding ways to cheat those as well what I find just so fascinating is there's an athletic commission for every single state, so the criteria in Nevada is going to be different than Arizona, than New York, and everything like that. And I said this, too, mm-hmm. and I think I said this at Nate's post-fight press conference. If that same situation, you know how, how the cut opened up mm-hmm. uh, over his eye, I feel like it was just as bad as what we saw in New York, and that athletic commission stopped the fight. It's all based off of a criteria of a different judging system state by state. Yeah, I don't think that's good either. It would be nice to have some kind of unified, which yeah. – uh, Hopefully, one a little less strict. Like some places are too strict, like New York. They're too many tests to make you get. Like some of the, I mean, so to get certified to fight, sometimes it's ridiculous. Sometimes fighters are spending like two grand to get certified, and if you're not making any money, sometimes these small shows, you might be getting paid a thousand dollars, and you got to spend two thousand on medical, medical expenses to get covered to fight. So guys can be losing money to fight when they're trying to come up. Yeah, I just think that there's a lot of transparency that needs to be there that isn't mm-hmm. there, but it's kind of been the status quo that's been there for a long time, and everyone's just accepted it for the way it is. Yeah, I know it's it's tough with these commissions, but it'd be great to get some kind of like nationwide unified. But I guess it's hard when each state has their own rules. Cause some commissions have hardly any rules; they're super easy to deal with. Other ones are a complete pain. How many days a week are you you are training or you ah you have your classes here? Uh, just like twice a week. I'm just teaching like Monday uh, Monday Wednesday night. Teach people, but then I work with a lot of the pros like other days. You know, like some one on one. I work with a bunch of guys, so I'm pretty much pretty much in the gym every day. Is there still a lot of different people coming into Extreme Couture um, from different camps? Because I know like Walt Harris is someone who's come into this camp recently too. And I, I kind of feel like a lot of the states that have kind of had more restriction than Vegas, a lot of the fighters kind of come here and use this as a second home. Yeah, there's a ton of guys coming through here. And I'm not sure if it's just because of COVID, you know, people coming through because it's open or if it's always like that because Vegas is kind of central hub. But that's what's great. There's just always guys coming through training from other countries, other states. So it's, it makes it fun at the gym, always getting new guys to train with. And Aljamain Sterling's been back, too. He's come off of his – I mean, I'm sure I've, it's pretty light, but he's come I've back. I've seen up. him a little bit, but haven't seen him, like, in the pro training or anything. He's gone in there doing a little pad work and whatnot. Probably still recovering from the, the surgery. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him hitting pads, though, so I know he's at least back working out, but I don't know if he's been grappling or anything yet. Well, speaking of grappling, I've seen you do grappling tournaments in the past. Mm-hmm. Do you have any – tournaments lined up or are you still gonna compete no, i in don't this? have anything set up but i'm still gonna compete i mean i think i'll compete for a while as long yeah. as uh as long as i can keep doing it i'm still able to compete with like you know the young guys in their 20s right now so i'm still doing it eventually eventually i might start doing the master's division but i think i got at least another five years till i gotta do that <laughs> uh what do you make of the fight this weekend with Ige and korean zombies by the way division i mean super excited for that fight Ige is the guy you know here i train with a good amount i mean uh I like him, so I'm favoring DK. I think he'll pull the fight out. But Korean Zombies, you know, good stand-up. And it's a good fight because they both got good stand-up, good grappling. They're both, they are both both only have huge weaknesses. They're both good everywhere. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And then you got Max Holloway fighting Yair Rodriguez. Obviously, we're all going to wait for Brian Ortega mm-hmm. and uh, Volkanovski. Do you think, like, the winner of Zombie and Ige has the potential to – you know, I bet to Nan performance, get that next in line shot of it, Holloway. It could, yeah. especially if Volnoxy uh, um, wins because he's, you know, they've had a couple fights with Holloway that haven't been the, it's a tough matchup for Holloway. So I could see him jumping ahead if that happens. Do you think Volkanovski has beaten Holloway in both those fights? Um, they were close, you know, hard ones, hard ones to predict. That's the thing. They were so, so close. So it's just hard to know. What about Volkanovski and Ortega? Uh, that's a good fight, too. I don't yeah. know. It's interesting to see how that goes. We'll see, you know how good his jiu-jitsu is, so that's very interesting. 
and then Jan Blahovich, you know, winning the lightweight strap in yeah. an older age, late 30s and stuff like that. Do you think he's someone who's going to hold on to that title and defend it? I mean, he's got Glover Teixeira next, and Glover's also, this yeah. is kind of the last draw as well. Yeah, Glover's, he's older, what, he's like 42? Yeah, yeah he's, he's around actually, your age. Yeah, he's someone I've known forever. I've trained, he's trained with him way back in uh, San Luis Bispo with Chuck Liddell, so it's uh, I'm happy seeing him get a title fight. He's a guy I've known forever. I love seeing other old-time guys that have been in the sport like me get a title shot, and uh yeah, that's a tough fight. I don't know. I think they're they're both good, and it's hard to predict who will win that. If Glover does not win, is that his last fight? Uh, I mean, it's it's up up to him at that point. You know, if he wants to keep fighting or not. He's been looking really good. He's been really going straight back to grappling, so it could make it a tough fight. He's been doing a good job of just going in, taking guys down, and beating them up. What I really like too in that division is you have Rakic and like Yuri Prozaka, like mm -hmm. two up and coming younger guys, kind of like the change of the guy right there mm -hmm. in the wing. So it's like you have the Jans, Blahovich, uh, and you have Glover, the late 30s, early 40s mm -hmm. against these guys in their 20s. Yeah, so you got those young up and comers who are also yeah. looking great, making e the divisions exciting again. Even the fight this weekend, Paul Craig and Jamal Hill, his arm. Yeah, that was. I'm that shocked. Really oh my gosh. I am shocked that it wasn't broken. It was just dislocated. Oh really? It didn't break? Yeah, I didn't they just kind of like put it, was... it back in place. Yeah, I, I I ran out after the fight. I saw it snap. That's when I went around the bathroom. I didn't realize was he able to walk around after that? Cause it looked bad during the fight. I'm he like, was oh, just man, that's holding disgusting. it. He was. It looked like Jello, right? But yeah. I guess in the back they popped it back in place, and he went and partied with Paul Craig later <laughs> yeah, that, that night. That's great. Yeah. See, I never watched either one of those guys fall, uh, fight, and Paul Craig Jitsu looked really good. I was surprised. Like, oh, this guy's got some legit jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Moreno beating Davis and Figueredo. I think that was Incredible. absolutely huge. Yeah, no, it was huge. I mean, Moreno looked great. He made a huge improvement from the last fight. He went out there and just picked him apart. It was very impressive. I think it's uh, he'd be a big star. I mean, it's the first Mexican-born champion. I mean, obviously, there's been guys of Mexican descent, you know, be out there. But this is going to be the first, like, real real superstar from Mexico. And Mexicans love fighting. Boxing has always been super big there. Now UFC is growing. I think this will just help push UFC over the top in Mexico. It'll be interesting to see kind of how the popularity stacks up with Brandon and Canelo. Obviously, no one's saying he's at Canelo's level right now yeah. or anything like that. But it's just it's going to be interesting to see where it compares because it'll tell you where MMA stacks up against boxing, which has huge heritage in Mexico. Yeah, like I said, boxing is just massive in Mexico. So this hopefully could be good to push it up to that level. And he got like this artist painted a mural of him like right away too. Oh wow! Hey, I didn't see that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think he's going to be he's a big down there, especially if he can defend the belt a few times. I think he's actually heading down to Mexico tomorrow to, to do a victory tour. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's going to be great. It's already been set up. Yeah. Well, someone or something you mentioned about weight cuts, mm -hmm. Davison, he struggled through quite a bit weight cuts. So if you're him, do you move up in weight now or what do you think he should do? <sighs> I mean, you got to either. Uh, yeah, it's tough. You either got to get your weight a little more in check or move up because these brutal weight cuts, sometimes it hurts guys. You're sucking down weight. Sometimes you don't perform as well because you spend the you know the last few weeks only thinking about weight, running, dehydrated, and you go out there it can hurt your performance. So if you're not making it, sometimes it's better just to move up and, and fight up weight. And then uh, you know I think we kind of touched on it briefly, but the bantamweight division we talked about Aljamain Sterling. I'm really looking forward to this TJ Dillashaw um, against Corey Sanhagen fight in July, July 24th, I believe is the date that fight night. You know, uh, TJ got injured during training. They had to postpone the fight. Obviously, he had that two-year suspension for the EPO. Um, it'd be interesting to see where he, how he 
comes back in the fit mixes it all this stuff oh yeah i'm really curious about tj because he was always a great fighter looked impressive so i'm curious to see how he comes back if he's uh gonna look just impressed you know off the layoff is it is being off the drugs and affect him was it something we did one one fight has he been doing that in the whole career it's something we don't know it could have just been a one-time thing and it might not affect him at all and that's gonna be great to see how he comes back and uh he was a guy i always liked fighting so i hope he's able to come back and uh and do it drug free well, do you think the suspension was fair for him to get a two-year suspension for that? Yeah, I mean, that's all, you know, subjective. I don't know. One year, two years, it's hard to say. I mean, that, yeah. that's the rules. So it's, uh, you know, if he did it, I guess something he's got to do with. What's crazy, too, is when we talk about the different rules, I think it was just recently Nevada, they took, like, marijuana off of, like, the performance-enhancing mm-hmm. substances and stuff like that because, like, someone like Kelvin Gastelum was suspended, like, like a year ago, or Jamal Hill had yeah. his his win in Vegas a couple fights ago overturned, overturned because wow. he tested positive for marijuana. They overturned the win. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. to a yeah. no contest. Not a performance enhancer. It's illegal in like half the states. It's just like kind of, yeah. I think some commissions are still testing for it. Even I think you know Usada took it off, but I think other places are testing. It's ridiculous. It's time just to to drop it. Let guys that want to smoke smoke. Guys yeah. that don't don't. I think it's it's not helping the guys. So so let people smoke. I couldn't believe speaking of smoke. You know, uh, just watching. Dana's reaction at uh, the press conference when Nate lit up the joint and obviously <laughs> did in the post-fight press conference too. Yeah. I just think they accept it. Yeah, I think so. And I think Nate kind of lit that up at the perfect time because it was uh, the whole press conference <laughs> was just Izzy and Marvin yelled at each other. You see he got bored over there and just kind of let him over this press conference and start smoking instead. It was uh, pretty brilliant. That was amazing. And I, I just think like uh, the UFC, they just let him do his thing because they know his star power. Yeah, I think it's just so big at this point. It's it's not worth yelling at him. So just let it, figure just let him be and let him smoke. And I, th- I guess uh, apparently Arizona must take it off their uh, testing. Definitely. And... I guess you can do it inside buildings too. He he did that backstage in that tiny room in the press room uh, Saturday night when he came back there, which I was surprised by the way that he still waited to the end of the night after the fight to come back and talk to the media, which nobody does, especially if you're not the main main event fight and you're you know obviously didn't get the result that you were looking for. Yeah, I figured he'd been gone. How surprised the media after too? I figured he would have bounced, but it's just you know they probably wanted him to stay around because he was. Uh, you know, he's the biggest star of the night. You know, he lost. Like, Nate Diaz was, was the one selling tickets. And more people are talking about Nate Diaz's performance against Leon just because of how mm-hmm. it went down at the end, then yeah. Leon actually getting the victory, which is yeah, bizarre. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, Nate, Nate lost the fight, but still came out a winner, you know. Yeah. And even when he was walking out, I feel like that's when even fans were smoking or started smoking. We Did you smell that? <laughs> yeah, I think people were like, well, if Nate's doing it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Not supposed to smoke indoors, but if he can get away with it. After the club, you know, everyone was yeah. smoking there. No one says anything. It's like, all right, I guess you can smoke wherever. They just kind of let them be. <laughs> Which club? Were you, were you guys in Old Town? Yeah, we went to, uh, I don't know where they got them all mixed up. There's that street where all the clubs are, so we yeah. went to a few of them out there. I think we Is went. Is that where we went before? We, that's where I took you at the beginning of when oh, okay. we started dating. Yeah. That's where yeah. I saw Nate. But out, yeah, yeah, but even going out, like, yeah, even going out and dating now, it's like chaos when he comes in. It's just completely like when Mayweather walks in the club now, it's like just chaos. Like, damn, man, this guy's uh, turned into a superstar. Yeah, what's it been like kind of seeing him grow and progress since you said he was 16? Yeah, I mean, like, he's had fame for a while from the hardcore yeah. people, of course. So, you know, he's always been he's always been pretty big. But then after those Conor fights, it just turned massive where he can barely uh, can barely walk around the streets now. Even when he, like, comes to New York, when I was living up there, he visit me. Like, famous people usually get left alone in New York, but he was just getting mobbed there. It's like, you know, he can't even really walk around anymore. He's got to the point where it's almost, like, almost too much. But uh, at least he's finally getting paid, so that's good. 
and but and what I like the most about it too is at least from everything I've seen, he treats everybody with just such respect yeah. and class. Yeah, I know he's a super nice guy. Like even when people are mobbing him, and sometimes he might run off. Sometimes it's getting to be too much, but he's never like rude to people. And I read that story because um, at the presser at the end, he gave Mark Ramundi from ESPN a shout out because he did a story where all of Nate's friends talked about how good of a friend he is. Oh, yeah. Some guy called me for that. Not, must have been him. I don't know who it was. Someone called me asking, <laughs> oh. asking about Nate. So that must have been the guy. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> did you, you did you answer? Yeah, or? yeah, I did. Okay, you did the story. I just got all the reporters mixed up, to be honest. Someone will call me and be like, do I know who this is? They got my number somehow. Sometimes I answer, sometimes I don't. For sure. For sure. You're like that, too. <laughs> With what? No, no, like when people reach out. Oh, yeah. I don't know their faces if I see them, but if someone calls this here a name, I'm like, oh, who the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, I just have to politely just say, hey, can you remind me who this is or just get a, pretend you got a new phone number. That's yeah, the yeah. Only way to I do, do that do sometimes. That's, that's the way you have to <laughs> do it. Until they watch this. Yeah, 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 now, yeah now they know. <laughs> now, they, now they know for sure. Uh, favorite part about living in Vegas? I know it's been seven months. Um. I mean, the training, there's always guys train with here. I like not dealing with traffic. I've been lived in, I was living in New York, San Francisco, so no parking problems, no traffic problems. That's great. But you, you, yeah. oh, you moved here when it was still like COVID, things were closed down. Yeah, yeah but can, I, I was in San Francisco where everything was really oh, closed yeah. down. So compared True. to that, this was like, oh, you can go eat at restaurants, you can go train True. at the gym. We weren't allowed to go to gyms for like a year in San Francisco. So, Are you using the PI at all? Uh, occasionally, if I go in there with fighters, but not too often. Not too often. I, I love what they have here. I mean, like, I mean, imagine during during your heyday, mm-hmm. during your prime years, having a facility like that. They they're able to test everything, and I feel like they're accommodating for. That's the one thing too, mm-hmm. though. I mean, I understand the pay should be improved too, but they yeah. are getting some sort of treatment that boxers aren't getting from any of their organizations. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it's good they're doing that, but I mean, NFL, NBA does that times times three and still gives a fifty percent of the money. So that's kind of a, a small thing compared to the money they're making. It's the union. It's mm-hmm. the union. It's got to be. Yeah, unfortunately, it might be to the point where we have to try to figure out how to do that. For sure. And you mentioned that, so you're trying to find a house like now as well, right? Yeah, I'm not like looking like majorly fast. I was kind of looking around a little bit. The yeah. problem is you look and there's like 30, 40 offers on a place. So I'm not, I don't want to like jump that quick. Well, what side of town? Uh, I was looking over like in Summerlin area. Oh, that's so. a nice area. Yeah. yeah, it's like not too far. It's a little bit nice right there. Yeah. Anything that we can get to the strip in 15, 20 minutes or just that's close enough to these freeways because they take you everywhere at the 215, the 15? Yeah, it's so easy getting around Vegas. Everything's like 20 minutes from the strip. So it's not a uh, compared to living in New York, San Francisco, it's super easy getting around here. Now, you fought the who's who's, but was there anyone that you wish you could have fought before, you know, um, you knew it was the end? I would love to fight Anderson Silva. I almost fought him in the Rumble in the Rock tournament, and that would have been a. Uh, you know, he got disqualified against Yushin Okami, so I'm, you know, who was next in line for me to fight, so I missed that fight. That would have been, uh, that would have been phenomenal. Would you box him now? <laughs> well, I'll, probably not. I'll go get jitsu match with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll box him if he goes jitsu with me too. <laughs> I feel like that's the leverage that some of these fighters should play with. They're like, look, I'll box you, yeah. but then oh, you have to do a yeah. jiu-jitsu tournament with me or a wrestling yeah. tournament. I mean, yeah, actually, I'd rather do MMA with Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> well, and aren't they saying, like, for example, a lot of MMA fighters will go into boxing, but you don't see many boxers come to MMA. Yeah, because it's you know it's really hard to learn and transfer to MMA. There's a few exceptions. Clarissa Shields just yeah. fought, so and she. Uh, I didn't watch the. Fight. I actually didn't watch the fight, but I saw she won. So it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, here she got taken down a few times, right? So she had a little trouble, but she got through the fight. So it sounds like she needs a little more work, but she still won. So that's great. And you understand that PFL format because that's that's mm-hmm. where we I, we saw you compete last with yeah. MMA. Um, 
What do you make of what they're doing? And how, if you're them, how do you build up Clarissa Shields? Um, I mean, I think they do a pretty good job. You know, they got to give her you know, another three or four more easier fights before they give her the mega tough opponents. They got to build her up a little bit. She has, it's going to take her a year or two to get better at ground because it takes a while. That's the thing. Jitsu is, is not, Jitsu and wrestling are not easy to learn. She needs to learn to stop the sprawls, get back to her feet. So I would say just slowly build her up from, and see how she goes from there. Because I feel like they match her up with someone with high level jujitsu. Like she's, you know, she's trapped. Yeah, they can't put her with Kayla yet. She's just too yeah. too good at jiu-jitsu. I mean, that's the fight, super fight I'm sure looking at at some point, but I just don't think she's ready for that. What about the super fight between Kayla and her training partner Amanda Nunes? I mean, I mean, yeah, that could be a, that could actually that'd be a good fight. I mean, I would love to see that one happen. I feel like that is the name. If you're looking for who's the best on the planet, who's going to challenge Nunes, who is the the greatest MMA female fighter of all time? It's Kayla has got to be yeah, the one to fight her. I would agree. That's the one person I would say would have a shot of beating her because her judo is so good. She might could get her down and you know beat her there. Well, what about Valentina versus Amanda for a third time? Yeah, they could do that. I think Amanda's a little bit bigger, but Valentina's so good. That's a, that's a fight I'd watch as well. That's another person that's got a shot. But there's that size difference makes it a little bit tough. Yeah, I got to say, yeah, v- Valentina would be the other name too. I can't ignore her, but because if you look at the 125-pound weight division, I just feel like the way she's been fighting through that division, like she's clearly that 1A star, and mm-hmm. it's hard to say who's next in line and what they look. You could put her kind of like on a bubble or a league of her own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both those girls have kind of cleared out their divisions, so it's it's tough finding opponents for them. It is, but the the uh, strawweight division is exciting with Rose yeah. and Wei Li, and Joanna's going to be back in the mix. Yeah, so there's a lot of exciting fights there. Who's your besides the Diaz brothers? Who's your favorite fighter to watch right now? Uh, oh man, it's a tough one. I don't know. <laughs> I actually didn't watch Fighting Pole. I just started watching it again when I moved out to Vegas because I kind of took wow. a little break from watching it because I was burnt out. So kind of uh, just getting back into it after moving. So I started training. Like half the guys I trained with in the UFC. I'm like, oh, I better start watching and seeing who everyone is again. <laughs> and a lot of the great ones are going through your gym too yeah. right now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting a lot of good fighters there. Who would you say is the person that, since you've been working with them over these past seven months and that gym has kind of improved the most in the professional level? Um, it's hard to say, you know, I'll show this kid, Patchy Mix for Bellator. Bellator. He, was, uh, he was phenomenal. He, he made huge improvements fast. I think he's a 35 pounder who's got huge potential. And there's just, uh, there's a lot of guys there that are making improvements. I thought it was interesting that uh, this fight happened not too long ago. Marab Devalishvili came from mm-hmm. New York. Tra- uh, Aljamain Sterling, uh, yeah. uh, ally Quinte trains with them. Mm-hmm. He fought Cody Stamen, who trains at Extreme Couture and, uh, and works out of there first. Yeah. And I, I think he was there first. I thought it was interesting that those two guys fought, and they I know they've trained against each yeah, other. Yeah, there was point. there was a couple of weeks where they were both training at the same gym when the fight was signed, and that was uh, that was a little <laughs> weird. I didn't really work with either one of those guys, but I know they're both the gym, and I saw them sparring, and so I was like, oh, these guys are signed to fight. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. So uh, I think at some point, I think Murad, I don't know if he was told not to train there or if he decided not to train there and started did the rest of his camp like little small gyms around here. But it was definitely a little weird that a fight signed and they're both training at the same gym. Yeah, that that's yeah. pretty bizarre. Yeah, it's not something I would want to do, but <laughs> no, I can't imagine. No. I can not imagine what that would be like. Well, Francis, I was gonna say he looked really good in that fight against Stipe, that rematch. Oh yeah, Francis is. He's he's improving really fast. He's yeah. a guy. He's just so athletic with so much potential, and it's, I think I think he's still like far off his potential. That's the crazy part. He has a lot of improvement to be made for at least on the grappling end. He still could get a lot better, but his uh, takedown defense is 
way better. He gets up to his feet a lot better. He actually has some submissions, you know, on top. He's got good, really good ground and pound. He has a few he has submissions. He just keeps improving. Yeah, when he stuffed Stipe's takedown and took his back, I'm like, okay, this yeah. is a different human. Yeah. This yeah. is a different Francis. Ngannou. He's not scared to take people down now. You know, he he don't mind going on the ground. So that's what it gets scary. So then, if the fight next is Derek Lewis, can you imagine the two guys with the heaviest power in MMA? The two guys that would you know knock each other out would go and have a wrestling contest. I mean, could, I mean, I could definitely see Francis going for a takedown. I mean, he's got. Yeah. Well, because you got power he's got when he's on top, he can drop that same kind of power and knock people out with his ground and pound. So people got to watch uh, watch both aspects from now, which gets scary. I feel like with both those men, though, with Derek or Francis, if they get on top of you, I don't see how anyone gets up. Yeah, with him on top of you throwing bombs, it's not going to be easy. You better try to get your feet right away, otherwise you're going to be in trouble. What about Francis versus John Jones? How would you see that playing? <laughs> yeah, it's a great fight. That's why I want to see it. You know, yeah. I've been a Jones fan for years, and I think he's phenomenal. I think... Uh, Francis just seems so much bigger, unless, you know, if it has Jones properly put the weight on, it's going to be tough going up beating Francis. But, I mean, Jones is a guy that's never lost, so you can't count him out. And I think that with the just improvements we saw, just just from the Stipe fight, and I'm sure you see him every, you know, when he's in the gym yeah. all the time, improving, like, I don't think the strategy of John Jones, who is obviously the superior wrestler, mm -hmm. it's going to be a little bit different with Francis this time around. Yeah, I think Jones is really going to go for takedowns, but Francis is not easy to take down. He's extremely strong. Take, his sprawls are getting good. He gets back to his feet well, so it's a, it's a tough fight for Jones. Mm -hmm. But were they targeting the rematch against Derek for Houston, right? Is that what the target location is? They were targeting that. What we heard was they're targeting that fight, but in August as well. And they're still targeting the fight for August, but mm -hmm. I just don't know what's taking so long to get the deal done yeah probably because uh there's that john jones in the background or you know maybe maybe both these guys realize they deserve to get paid too maybe lewis and francis are like hey we're the heavy right heavyweight title we deserve to get paid a little more i think money's definitely got something mm -hmm. to do with yeah. it i just don't know what that leverage situation's like that's what the managers are for but yeah i mean francis is, is a big star now too he needs to get paid i'm sure you know hopefully his manager realizes that and is trying to get him paid this guy's uh i mean not only is big star in the u.s you got africa pushing over there i'm for sure you know he's probably big worldwide who would you say, because we asked this fun question um, as, we, as we're as kind of closing up here, like what would you say is your Mount Rushmore of most impactful MMA fighters of all time to date? I mean, with my area, there's guy, well, uh, Hoist Gracie, obviously. He was the first guy who dominated, so you can't count him out. And then there's uh, Tito Ortiz, because he was a big star after that. Chuck Liddell, who I was good friends with. I think he was the first guy that crossed over into like mega stardom. Then after that, you got the Anderson Silvas, the George St. Pierre, uh, you know, John Jones. There's a lot of guys. You know, now, now, now the big stars are Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz, so and Nick Diaz. It's fun to see uh, Chuck Liddell refereeing, the guest referee for the oh, Lamar Aaron Odom, Carter. Aaron Carter fight. Yeah, I didn't watch that, but I heard he was doing refereeing some boxing match. I didn't so. even know they had beef. We uh, didn't watch it either, yeah. but this is the world we come to now. And the TikTok versus YouTuber boxing. I heard something about that, but what was that? Were they boxing or what? They boxed in the same arena that uh, we saw Logan Paul Mayweather in Miami Football really? Stadium. Yeah. And you saw the main event guy. What was his name? The TikTok star eating like chicken wings. Oh yeah! So oh, when geez, we were at box, yeah. <laughs> so at the the Logan Paul Mayweather fight, um, his name's Bryce Hall, I think, and he was so much smaller than I thought. He was a tiny kid. I thought he was bigger than. I, I think the guy who he boxed was a lot bigger than mm -hmm. him too. But yeah, six days before he was set to box in the same arena, I saw him like snacking on chicken fingers, French fries, pizza, yeah. 
scarfing it down. I mean, he's a 20 year old kid with a fast metabolism, but yeah. still, most of these guys probably aren't taking it too seriously. You know, there's only, uh, I'm sure Jake Paul and, uh, and Logan will probably beat most of the other YouTubers up. <laughs> yeah. That's true. For yeah. sure. At least they can be king of the YouTubers. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Make a YouTube belt for boxing. But it, I mean, look, if, if Jake does beat Tyron, I mean, these guys are going to keep going and can t- carry on and they're just not going to stop. I think it's going to be worse. No, I mean, if he, be, if he manages to win that fight, it'll uh, he'll talk a lot of crap, but it, that'll be a legit win, even though Tyron's a little older now, but that would still be a huge win. So He's talking about boxing Nate Diaz. Yeah, I was going to say Yeah, that. I think he'd have trouble with Nate. Nate's a really good boxer. He actually does a lot of boxing. He's got experience in there. He puts combos together. That'd be a bad fight for him, but you know what? They both get paid. So. <laughs> and you think Nate would do that? I mean, I don't know. I haven't asked him, but I mean, he, he likes making money, so. <laughs> I think that fight, uh, that's at least worth one point five. If we got to put put these these uh, into perspective, and it's got to happen. If he somehow gets through Tyron, yeah, I think that for sure can easily get at least one point five million pay per view. Yeah, that would, oh, would, yeah, that's that's like, huge. Maybe over that would two. be massive. That would be like the Logan Mayweather one. That would bring in yeah. massive viewership. Yeah, that's kind of. That would yeah. be interesting. Yeah, that's that. Uh, do you have any kind of final thoughts you want to leave here with our audience? We really appreciate you coming uh, no, on. No, I'm Thank good. You. Just uh, thanks for having me on. Of course. I appreciate you. You're an OG in the sport. Oh, um, yeah. Big ups to you. Helen, kind of any final thoughts? I kind of hinted that swimming. You've been watching the uh, Olympic trials for swimming. Yeah, the Olympic weekend. trials are on. Just oh, nice. Got to give a shout out to uh, my friend Forrest Beasley. He's actually helping us design our wall and our wallpaper. He competed in the Olympic trials. So, oh, wow. that's awesome. And that's a goal of mine for 2024 to be there competing as well. Oh, so. awesome. Yeah, I don't have a goal like that. <laughs> Definitely not making the Olympic <laughs> No, no. Uh, just survive an Ironman a lot before of hard I turn 40 <laughs> would be my only goal, but not that's, that's hefty. Uh, you fought all the who's who's. Obviously, mm-hmm. we, the Anderson Silva fight would have been amazing, but, yeah. um, you know your record speaks for itself the opponents you had what you've done for this sport yeah. for the people that don't know you i hope that are who are tuning into this and they google your name that they don't know you they'll see everything that you've accomplished and they're like holy shit jake shields and even when i first got or found this sport and got like a huge passion and love for it i've watched your fights and awesome it, it was always really awesome watching you fight hey, so. thank you guys yeah, loved watching you. Loved watching Tim Kennedy. Like those. Yeah, that's another old school guy I trained with. So. Yeah. You two were always very entertaining. Nice. Yeah. Um, appreciate you coming on. This is episode 66 of the Schmozone podcast. I said that weird. 66 <laughs> of the Schmozone podcast. We are out. <laughs>